Acts 2.38 Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Today I want to speak to you on the essentiality of baptism. High five someone, shake their hand, say it's essential. Amen. God bless you, you may be seated. The gospel is the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know that God came in flesh. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily. He lived the perfect life, died for our sins, was buried in the tomb and rose the third day with power over death and hell. He had the keys in his hand. Amen. For 40 days he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs to his disciples. He was seen of his disciples and at one time 500 people witnessed the resurrected Christ. He led his believers after 40 days out to Bethany on a hill and he was parted up to them into the heavens. But he said... Go tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or filled with power from on high. They went back to Jerusalem, prayed and waited for the promise of the Father that He would give to them. Jesus said that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. They went back and they waited. And on the Jewish feast day called Pentecost that was celebrated for centuries, God chose that day to pour out His Spirit. The Holy Ghost came in the room with the sound of a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire over every person. About 120 were there. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as a Spirit gave them the utterance. There were thousands of Jewish pilgrims that had gathered in Jerusalem for Passover and Pentecost. And when this was noised abroad and they heard of the commotion that was going on in Jerusalem, crowds gathered to see about 120 people speaking in languages they never had learned. But it wasn't gibberish, it was a bona fide language of about 18 people groups that are listed in Acts chapter 2. And these Galilean Jewish Christians were speaking in languages from people all over the world. What a miracle that they would hear them saying the wonderful works of God. They said, what meaneth this? Some mocked and said they're drunk. But Peter said it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. And so the 11 apostles stood with Peter, 11 in total, and he preached on the day of Pentecost, essentially that God gave you an opportunity. He came in flesh. He was your Messiah. You rejected Him, crucified Him. His blood is on your hands and you need to now receive Him because He has died, buried, resurrected, exalted and His blood is on you. In Acts chapter 2 verse 37 they said, Men and brethren, 
What shall we do? We recognize our guilt. We own our own sin. That's a good thing to do. And Peter said, here's what you need to do. Here's what you must do. Here's what you shall do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. He went on to say, this promise is to you and your children and to all that are afar off, all the Gentiles, no matter where they live, and in every generation, as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked, untoward generation. And the Bible said they that gladly received the word were baptized. And on that one day, about 3,000 souls came into the church on the birthday of the church. How many people can God fill with the Holy Ghost in one day? As many people as hear the word and are in the house. Amen. If there's only one needy person, he can fill one. If there's a hundred, a hundred. If there's a thousand, a thousand. Back in the days of the great crusades in Ethiopia, over a hundred thousand people received the Holy Ghost in a single day. Somebody asked me, do you believe that? I said, yes, I believe that. Don't you remember when the prophet told the widow, go get empty vessels, borrow not a few. As many empty vessels as you will bring, God will fill them. Amen. There is no restraint with the Lord. Amen. There's no limitation to Him. It is not how much power does He have. It's how many hungry people need His power that really matters. 3,000 on a single day. And the Bible said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Acts 2.38 gives two imperatives and a promise. Repent and be baptized and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance plus baptism equals remission of sins and it prepares you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance involves a contrition of soul, a sorrowness for your sin. It's really understanding that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. But it's also an about face. It is turning away from your sin, knowing that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that the wages of sin is death, and that Jesus didn't come to save the whole, but the sick he called to repentance. The Bible said that we should confess our sins. And the Old Testament taught that we should confess and forsake our sins. So repentance is your very first step toward God. A repentance involves a change of mind, heart, and life direction away from sin and toward God. John the Baptist preached that you should bring forth fruit to repentance. In other words, don't just cry and be sorry that you got caught, but change your life. Lay down sin to the best of your ability. Walk away from your old life, from all the stuff that's been dragging you down and separating you from God. Amen. Repentance is so crucial to being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is your first step toward God. And when you turn from your sins, you turn toward Jesus Christ and you have faith that what Jesus did on the cross by the shedding of His blood was sufficient payment for the sins of the entire world. Amen. 
when you repent, the next step is to be water baptized in Jesus' name. Now the word baptized from the Greek, the New Testament was written in Greek, means to immerse, to plunge beneath, to go under the water. It's a borrowed term from the Greeks that was even used about a ship that had already sunk. When you are baptized, you're not sprinkled, you are buried under the water. You're immersed, amen, in the name of Jesus Christ is called over your life. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Now, some people say, well, if you repent, you'll get forgiven. If you get baptized, you'll, your sins will be remitted. But that's really not good Bible understanding. It's terrible theology. Because Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And in the Bible, there's absolutely no difference between the word remission and forgiveness. They mean the same thing. Now, as a Christian, born again of water and spirit, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But when you're coming to God for the very first time, repentance and baptism must go together. Amen. Because repentance ties you to the death of Jesus Christ. And burial ties you to the, uh, excuse me, baptism ties you to the burial of Jesus Christ. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. God is not so much about step one, step two, step three. He is about an obedient response to His generous offer of salvation. So it doesn't start at just hearing the gospel. It doesn't start in just believing. It doesn't stop just with repenting or being baptized or even filled with the Holy Ghost. It is a life of walking in obedience to the Word of God and the prompting of His Spirit in your life. Amen. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. No one is excluded from the commandment to repent. No one is excluded from the commandment to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And remission or forgiveness comes after there is sincere repentance, after there is water baptism in Jesus' name, and often God will fill a person with the Holy Ghost before they're baptized. But that is kind of on faith that you will obey God. Because in the Bible, when people received the Holy Ghost before they were baptized, they were commanded to be baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. Now people ask all the time, are you a born again Christian? Are you born again well, born again to many people just means have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Believing in those days was more than a mental assent or even a choice to follow Jesus because believing on Him is one thing. To accept Christ is a step. But more importantly is has Christ accepted you? And He cannot accept you based on your belief. He accepts you by your obedience and by the blood of Jesus Christ that covers your sins. Amen. His blood has to cover you before you can be approved of or accepted by the Lord. The man named Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night, kind of a secret seeker. And he said, you know, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus didn't understand about being born again like my mom second time. And so Jesus said it again. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. John chapter 3 verse 5. And my media is probably having a hard time staying with me. But there it is. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now Jesus was saying there's got to be a spiritual birth that is like your natural birth. When a baby's born, natural birth, the water breaks, the baby breathes, and we have a new life. But when a person has the birth of water by baptism and a birth of spirit by receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, he becomes a living soul, but more than that, a quickening spirit. The power of God comes in your life. You remember God took Adam and formed him out of the dust of the earth and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The word for spirit in the New Testament is pneuma, like breath of God, like the breath. That's why the sound of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. And when the Holy Ghost comes in you, it is a spiritual breath of God, if I could say it that way, that comes into your life. Jesus, before he ascended, breathed on his disciples. I don't know how he did it, but maybe... <sighs> he was hinting at what would come. He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Remember how it was with Adam, when you're born again of water and spirit? Amen? There is a new life that takes place in you. What about this... Water baptism doctrine. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6, the writer is talking about fundamental doctrines in the church. Look at Hebrews 6 on the screen, 6.1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. You see why I put repentance before faith? Because repentance is the turn and faith toward God is next. And then the writer says of the doctrine of baptisms plural. Because baptism is both water and spirit. Amen. It is water baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is a spirit birth of the Holy Spirit coming into your life. Now the Old Testament is replete with examples of how Baptism was a fulfillment of many types in the Old Testament. I'm summarizing with one-liners. <clears throat> the ark that Noah was on is a type of baptism according to the Apostle Peter. There was one way to be saved. It was the ark that Noah built. You either got on or you died. When the door was shut, no one else could be saved. And baptism is like an ark, the Apostle Peter says, that saves us. Abraham was circumcised, a cutting away of the flesh that was a sign of the covenant relationship with God. And our baptism is a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of the old life. The Israelites were delivered out of Egypt and they went through the Red Sea. The Bible said they were baptized unto Moses in the sea. But we're baptized into the death of Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. The Old Testament tabernacle, Testament tabernacle and the temple had a brazen altar like repentance. Had a laver of water, a place of washing. And baptism is like that same idea. It is the New Testament fulfillment. God was setting up this New Testament truth so we would know how to be saved. 
1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul is teaching on the gospel. And he said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. The gospel is the good news about salvation, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died. Everybody say, Christ died. <clears throat> the first component of the gospel is that Jesus died. According to the scripture. Died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. Everybody please say he was buried. And that he rose the third day. He rose again the third day. He rose again. Now if Jesus would have died, he'd be like every other man. If he had only been buried, he would be like every other man. So he didn't stop at death, didn't stop at burial. He went all the way till the resurrection on the third day. <clears throat> Amen. And when we repent of our sins, we identify with the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. We die to our old life. When we are baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, we identify with the burial of Jesus Christ. We are buried with Him by baptism, the Bible says. And when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are resurrected with Jesus Christ and we must have that power in order to live for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Death, burial, resurrection. Repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost. Now the Bible teaches that baptism <clears throat> is more than an outward sign of an inward grace. It's not joining the church. If you get baptized today, you haven't joined Atlanta West. You have joined Jesus Christ in a covenant relationship. <clears throat> Amen. Yeah, that transcends church you know, membership. It's bigger than that. Mark 16, 16, quickly on the screens. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Believing and baptism is linked together. In 1 Peter 3.21, that comparison with Noah's ark, the apostle Peter said, just like the ark saved them, the like figure of baptism doth also now save us. In Acts 2.38, Peter told us that baptism was for the remission of sins, that without baptism our sins cannot be washed away. Now I've mentioned this, but baptism by nature means to plunge beneath, to be immersed. It doesn't mean that you take water and you sprinkle that on a person. That is not biblical baptism. Every time in the Bible they were submerged or immersed in the water, that's what baptism means. Jesus himself in Matthew 3, he was baptized and the Bible said he went straightway out, he went up straightway out of the water. Jesus was buried in baptism. <clears throat> and I love it, I thought of it today. When he came out of the water, the Bible said the heavens were open to him. <clears throat> Now that doesn't literally happen when you're baptized, but when you repent and you're baptized, literally you've obeyed God in your life, and I believe heaven opens to you and says, come on now, I'm ready to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
for Jesus. Symbolically, the Bible said that the Spirit of God descending like a dove lit on him, symbolic of the Holy Ghost. Amen. John 3, 23, the Bible said John the Baptist was baptizing in and on near Salem because there was much water there. He needed more than a glass of water to baptize people. In Acts chapter 8, when Philip is preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch, they're riding in a chariot, he's reading a scroll of the book of Isaiah, about Isaiah 53, about Jesus' death and all of his suffering, and he doesn't understand, and Peter preach, or Paul, excuse me, Philip preaches to him, and they finally come to this place where there, evidently there was a pool of water. And this Ethiopian man, they commanded the chariot to stand still, but he said, look, there is much water here, there's water here. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Acts 8.36. Acts 8.36. What's keeping me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They commanded the chariot to stop. They went both down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came back out of the water, the Ethiopian was there by himself, and Philip was gone, baptized by immersion. <clears throat> Romans 6 and 4 says that we are buried with him by baptism. <clears throat> now, it doesn't say we're buried with them. We understand that there's one God who's the Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. We understand that all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily. We understand that when we get to heaven, there will be one throne, amen? Not two, not three, not more. And there will be one who sits on that throne, amen? There is one God. When you get baptized, there's no need to call the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost by their titles. Go ahead and use the name of the Father and the name of the Son and name of the Spirit by who all of them are. The name is Jesus, but there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the saving name of God. Amen. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're not buried with them, we're buried with Him by baptism. If you're watching online today, I just feel to say this, and you don't know who can baptize you in Jesus' name, go to upci.org, put in your zip code, find the closest United Pentecostal Church, call them up, say, I heard a sermon online about water baptism in Jesus' name. Take me to the water. I need to go down in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins. And do it today. Do it today. Luke 24, 47. That repentance, remission of sins should be preached in his name above all nations. Acts 2, 38. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 4, 12. I just quoted Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. 
Acts 19.5, these disciples of John the Baptist, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Romans 6 and 3, know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. You know why there's power in the house right now? Because this name, Jesus, has power. It has power to deliver you from sin and change your life forever. In the Corinthian church, they were arguing over their favorite preacher. But Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 and 13 said, asked the question, were you baptized in the name of Paul? No, it was another name. Acts 1 and 15, he said, lest some should say that I had baptized in my own name. Paul said, I was careful who I baptized. I was a prominent person. So it doesn't matter the person who baptized you. It matters that you are baptized. And it matters how you are baptized. You should be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I love this message because I love how it changes lives. I don't mean this sermon. I'm talking about this Jesus name baptism message. Without exception, everyone where there's an example of a person being baptized in the New Testament Bible church, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ if it is mentioned. No one in the New Testament is actually baptized in the titles because the apostles understood the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. Those represent offices, relationships, not persons. So, in Jerusalem at Acts 2, those that were baptized were baptized in Jesus' name. They that gladly received the word. In the Samaritan revival in Acts chapter 8, they believed the preaching of, of, the, uh, of uh, Philip. In Acts 16, 8, 16, Acts chapter 8, verse 16, they had not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. At Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. If you read other translations, you will see the Lord Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, widely accepted. That was the name they were baptized in. In Acts chapter 19, when Paul asked these disciples of John the Baptist, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we we didn't even know it was available. How were you baptized? Well, under John's baptism. He said, now John, he baptized people unto repentance. If you are John the Baptist, if you're a follower of John the Baptist, you're baptized, but there's a new baptism, they said, not just unto repentance. And they said, oh, really? And the Bible says that when he said that to them, they were baptized in Acts chapter 19, verse 5, on the screens. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul laid his hands on them, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Saul of Tarsus, he was baptized calling on the name of the Lord. And remember the Corinthian church, they were not baptized in the name of Paul. They were baptized in Jesus' name. Romans 6 and 3, baptized into Jesus Christ. Romans, excuse me, Colossians 2 and 12, we are buried with Him 
in baptism. Amen. Colossians 2, 11 through 13. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism. Risen with him through faith of the operation of God. Verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircum of your flesh. And circumcision of your flesh. Hath he quickened together with him. Having forgiven all your trespasses. Now listen to this. This is not about oh, the checklist of Atlanta West or the checklist of apostolic Christians. This is about how can I have my sins forgiven? When I stand before God in judgment, if he would ask me, why should I let you into my heaven? You can't say I was a good person. You can't say I did this or that. You've got to sit based on the blood of Jesus Christ that covers my soul. That's the only way you're getting in heaven. Amen. So the question is, how do you get the blood applied to your life? It's got to be the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. You've got to go through the plan of salvation, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It is God's plan of salvation. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It is baptism that saves us part of this process. He might have been sprinkled as a child and your parents did that in good faith. Perhaps when you were young or someplace along the way of your life, you were at a church and they told you you needed to be baptized and you got baptized and they may have baptized you in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I'm sure your sincerity was genuine. But we're talking about people in the Bible, especially Acts 19, who had already been baptized another way. They were rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ because Jesus is the saving name. We're not talking about just the formula. We're talking about obedience to the Bible. And if God said it, why not obey the scriptures and be baptized in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Now, if you've never been baptized and you have faith and you're sincere and you've heard me preaching about this today, you're saying, okay, okay, I'm in. Quit preaching. Let me get baptized. What do I do? Brother Brad Fain's coming right now, Brother Hudgens, and we're, we're going to show you just a couple practical things. So numbers of years ago, I want to say as many as 15, I just thought, you know, this church needs to be ready to baptize people all the time. We're not just going to fill the baptistry up at Easter. You know, we're, we're going to invest in a filtration system so this baptistry can be ready day or night, 24-7, 365. And unless it's being emptied to be clean, our ozone filter is working and you go down in clean water that is heated in Jesus' name. Nothing special about, you know, breaking the ice to get baptized, except you've got stammering lips, you know. Pentecostals know what I mean by that. So right behind the choir loft is a, is a, is a trough tank. It's water. It's not holy water, it's just water. What makes baptism important is the name of Jesus. There's a seat back there you can sit down. 
and, and you'll be seated and someone will pray over you and say, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I like to say the word Lord, but the most thing is you've got to say Jesus in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And they'll lay you back in the water and bring you back up. But you say, Lord, I got on my good clothes. We got you there. <clears throat> so we're ready for you. If you're, if you're a guy, a man, all sizes of baptistry garments, and we've got changing rooms back there and right over here. Brother Hudgens leads this team. He's ready with his people today. If you're a lady, we have, this is just out for spring. This is the ladies' baptistry garment right here. Come on now. <laughs> Some ladies say, like me, spent a lot of money on my hair. That's okay, we got you covered right there. We just want you to obey the scripture. Dry off all your hair that you've got to dry. And towels, right? Plenty of towels. We're ready. Can I tell you that we take this seriously? This is important. <clears throat> Amen. If we just thought this was a deal that you ought to do and could do and maybe it's a good idea or joining the church, we would say, well, we'll save everybody up. We'll baptize a bunch of people at one time. We'll dedicate like a baby dedication. But we understand that this is for salvation. And, and we understand that you have an urgent need to be baptized. You remember the Ethiopian eunuch? He's riding in his chariot. He's going back home to Africa. He'll never be at Jerusalem again, perhaps. But he says, hey, here's water. What doth hinder me? Philip says, put on the brakes. If you believe, we'll do it now. They stop. He baptized him right then. I don't think they did a pH test on the water. They didn't check the temperature. They just said, that's enough for you to go under. That's enough. Let's get baptized right now. Amen. At the conversion of Saul of Tarshish, who became the great apostle Paul, Ananias, who prayed for him to receive his sight and baptize him, he said, as Paul looked back on this, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Paul knew who the name of the Lord was when he was struck down with blindness. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the voice from heaven said, I am Jesus. Yeah. Ananias said, hey, don't fool around. Don't put it off. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Why tarriest thou? Amen. Household of Cornelius, they jumped the gun, not really received the Holy Ghost. I think God had to fill them with the Holy Ghost or Peter would have balked on baptizing those non-Jewish people who weren't like him. But he said, who was I to withstand God? The Lord gave them the like precious gift as we got the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Same experience for everybody. So who was I? I had to baptize them. They were baptized in the name of the Lord. But my favorite story about your urgent need of baptism. Paul and Silas are in jail. They've been beaten for preaching the gospel. It's midnight. 
So they can either hire the best lawyer in Philippi or they can sing and pray and praise God. So they prayed and sang praises and God sent an earthquake and everybody's bands were loose and the prison doors were open and the prison keeper thought, oh my goodness, everybody's gone. They're going to sentence me to capital punishment. He gets out his sword. He's ready to kill himself. Paul says, do thyself no harm. We are all here. We're just kind of having a little church in the jail, you know. After midnight, he takes them home, cleans up their wounds. And according to the book of Acts, chapter 16, amen, verse 33, that same hour they were baptized, the jailer and all of his house. I guess he woke his wife up, got his kids out of bed, had some servants out there. Come on, y'all. Let's go get baptized. Jesus is the Savior. Acts 19. Believers, followers of John the Baptist. Walking in all the light they knew. Some people will say, just walk in all the light you know. Well, if you walk in the light as he's in the light, you'll have fellowship. He'll lead you to truth. But the Bible never teaches just walk in all the light you know and everything will be okay. Not at all. The Bible said you should seek this truth. Amen. Search for him with all your heart. We can feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So in Acts chapter 19, when they heard that baptism was in Jesus' name and the Holy Ghost was available, they were baptized, Acts 19, 5, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Don't put it off. Amen? In short, the name of Jesus Christ called over your life, brings you into a covenant relationship with Him. After repentance or taken with repentance, it prepares your heart. Your sins are ready, for the, they are washed away, and your, your life is clean, waiting for a Holy Spirit to come into your life. Amen. Waiting for the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized whoever wants to. The Pentecostals. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. How? In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. Amen. And you shall. Two imperatives and a promise. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to ask you a question. How many of you were baptized? Don't raise your hand yet. And when they baptized you, they said... I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, or maybe they said the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. When you were baptized, how many of you went down in the water in Jesus' name? Raise your hand. Look at the people that have been baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Put your hands down. I want to ask you this question. How many of you have been previously baptized, maybe sprinkled as a child, or baptized in the titles in another church, and then you saw this in the Bible, and you were rebaptized in Jesus' name. Raise your hand if you were rebaptized. Look around you. See, it's not a bad thing to say, you know what, I was sincere. And maybe the preacher or the person who baptized me was sincere. But I love this illustration. If you were taking a walk in the frozen north in the winter, and you came to a frozen creek, and you stood at the edge of the frozen creek, 
and you were trying to decide if the ice was thick enough to hold your weight. You stood there on the side of the creek and you thought about it a while and, and you just told yourself, I believe, I believe that the, the ice is thick enough to hold the weight of my body. When you walked out on the ice, would your sincerity save you from falling through the ice? Absolutely not. It's the thickness of the ice. It's the substance of your faith that makes all the difference in the world. Sincerity is very important. The Bible said, though, that we should have sincerity and truth. They should be linked together in our lives. If you just say, God's going to take your sincerity, I'll say, God will take your sincerity, and he will lead you to truth. And if you follow truth, it will lead you to the water. When you get to heaven, sincerity matters. But what matters most is were you sincere and did you obey what the Bible teaches about God's plan of salvation? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Somebody's struggling right now, you're saying, but yeah, that means I've got to admit that I was wrong. Somebody's battling right now in their mind. And you say, well, that, that's, I'm, by doing this, I'm saying that the people I know and my relatives or whoever were baptized improperly. You know what I suggest that you do? I suggest you leave them in God's hands and you put yourself in God's hands. <laughs> I can't change what my grandmother did, but I can change what I do. Please bow your heads. Lord, in Jesus' name today, on the authority of your word and in the name of Jesus Christ, I know, Lord, that truth is powerful and that your word, Lord, goes and discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. I know, Lord, that you love people that are here. There are some folks, Lord, that have been battling with temptation struggling with sin, wondering why their faith alone has not given the power they need. I pray in Jesus' name that today, Lord, a sincere person would be baptized in water in Jesus' name, that their life would be changed forever. And I ask it right now, the glory of your kingdom, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel, God's people, were slaves to Egypt 430 years. And God brought them out. He brought them out with a high hand and great power. And He divided the Red Sea so all of the people of Israel went through on dry ground. And after God's people were safely passed through the Red Sea, Pharaoh's army tried to follow behind them. And God caused the wheels of the chariots to fall off. And then the waters of the Red Sea closed back on them. And all of the enemies of their past were destroyed in the Red Sea. The Bible said the next morning when those Israelites walked down the shores of the Red Sea, they saw the dead bodies of their slave masters of the past, dead on the shores of the Red Sea. There was their past, but with no power. And there is something about baptism. That you walk away from your past. You go through obedience to water baptism in Jesus' name. And something happens to your past. 
that what used to slave drive you, what used to control you, has no power over you anymore. Dead Egyptians on the shore of your life. Hey, why don't you get baptized today in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Let's stand and let's applaud Jesus Christ. Would you stand right now and would you give praise to the Lord? I love you, Jesus. Amen. I'm asking our altar workers to please come, our altar counselors. Whether you're on duty today or not, would you come? They're going to line up across the front and face the audience. This is a very serious moment. How thick is the ice that's holding you up? You're just counting on God to look the other way of ignoring scriptural truth. Or are you ready today to take the step of repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name? We're ready for you. God is ready for you. Here is water. What hinders you? Why are you tarrying? Amen? Why are you tarrying? Arise and wash away your sins. Amen. 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 Would you join me at the altar now? And if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, today is your day. If you'll tell one of these men or women, we would lead you to the baptistry team, the changing rooms, and baptize you. But maybe you want to repent for a while. Maybe you need the Holy Ghost today. Would you come right now? And I'm asking our church family to gather at the altar. Maybe you need to bring a friend with you or a family member with you to be baptized today in Jesus' name. That's right, just quickly step out from where you are. I'm going to ask the Bible question, why are you tarrying? Why are you waiting where you are? Jesus is inviting you to come. And the church is inviting you to come. The pastor saying, why don't you come? Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen, that's right, keep coming, keep coming. Maybe you've been attending Atlanta West for a while and you didn't quite understand the difference, but today you've heard a message on baptism. Life is uncertain. Today is the day of salvation. Would you be baptized today? Would you obey Jesus Christ today? Amen. That's right. Keep coming. Keep coming, walking to the altar, leaving room for people to come. Amen. If you have been baptized, you have friends and family members who have not. So this week, this sermon will be archived on the internet. Would you watch this sermon with them? Would you show them the essentiality of water baptism? Would you bring them Wednesday? Would you bring them Sunday so they can be saved? This is heaven or hell, life or death. This is the essential message of water baptism. Amen. We're going to sing and worship the Lord a while. But come be baptized. Come obey the Bible today. Amen. Amen.